0: This is the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Landon. It's an honor to have Marissa Deckard with us, Director of the Fishers Park and Recreation Department. Uh, Marissa, great to have you back on the podcast.
1: It's so great to be back.
0: And the first time I've had a chance to interview on a podcast podcast you since you have taken over as director of park and rec and uh, you should feel very good about that the city did a nationwide search and kept it in-house and took uh, you as the assistant director to become director must make you feel good
1: yes i feel very honored to have stepped into this role and really excited
0: well we are here to talk about spark fishers and that is a big big event and i'm going to start usually i go chronologically but i'm going to start with the end Because uh, you you have kind of worked a a big change. Because ever since we've had a a summer festival in Fishers, which goes back to 1989, it's always ended with fireworks. Mm -hmm. But you've decided to change it up this year. Explain why and what you're doing.
1: Sure. Well, uh, I'm going to start with, we actually will end with fireworks as a finale. Okay. So, surprise. uh, A little bit. But, uh, no, the main... uh, attraction will be an aerial drone show this year um we have over 200 drones up in the sky uh and this was something that was you know interesting when it was first pitched i didn't really understand i said oh that's kind of a cool idea but what will it look like you know is it really going to draw people out and i've had the same question from residents since we announced um you know what is it what is it is that really cool you know and uh I have seen some of these aerial drone shows uh, throughout the nation, and it is really, really cool. So uh, it will start with an aerial drone show. it will be about 15 minutes of drones. Um, and they kind of configure different uh, logos and images, And then we will, in fact, end with a bang. uh, And we'll have about five minutes of fireworks finale at the end. So not totally missing out.
0: I did notice that the city, when making this announcement, made it clear that there'll be like three different July 4th full fireworks displays. So you'll you'll still have plenty of chances in a few days after that. Yeah. But uh, that's interesting. You know, I have never seen any of these drone shows but I've heard about them and seen like some still pictures. Yeah. And I guess what I would envision, tell me if I'm wrong, is that you've, you've got these drones that are being coordinated with different colors and put in different formations. Is that what you're going to see?
1: Yep, that's exactly what you're going to see. And like I said, it is pretty cool. And once you can't really envision it until you actually see it. And so seeing some of these other um, shows that this company uh, has done, it's pretty cool. You will It will change the viewing a little bit. So the viewing, will need to be within the nickel plate district Um, in, in past years we've had a lot of people spectate at Holland Park um, for best viewing of the drones, it will be in the nickel plate district.
0: So they won't be that high. You can see them around the city. You'll have to be close in to see right. it. Right. Okay. Right.
1: Yeah. To get the full effect, you want to fly them about, you know, 200 to 400 feet, really, um, so that they, you get that experience of them being kind of really close to where you are, um, and you won't be able to view at that uh, okay.
0: range. So something new. Something new. So we'll see, and, and, a, and a finale with some fireworks right we
1: have to keep the tradition a little bit um but like you said there are opportunities to see fireworks you know in the coming weeks so that's exciting we were excited to do something new and be the first in central indiana
0: Well, let's kind of go chronologically, go back if we can, because the the, uh, festival is almost a full week. We're recording this on the 19th of June. It begins on the 20th, and you'll have, two. I think, two different concerts, both free. On Tuesday night, that kind of continues on the Tuesday night free concerts you've had during the summer. And the, the group is, is going to be Juke Box Luke. Tell us about the group.
1: Yep, Jukebox, Jukebox Luke, it's a tongue twister, is from uh, Bloomington, Indiana. They do uh, covers of rock, pop, alternative music. You'll hear a lot of like 90s, 2000s music. Um, they're a really fun, high energy band.
0: Now I do notice for both concerts, you've been very clear about this, they are free. Yes. No tickets. Uh, you can bring in food and non-alcoholic beverages with you. Bring your own chairs, Correct. and so forth. And there will be some food uh, for sale. Will alcoholic beverages be for sale there?
1: Yes. Okay. Both Tuesday and Friday.
0: Okay, so you you will have that option to buy. But and th- that has a lot to do with. State laws why well, you can't bring it in. And Absolutely, have to sell it. Does. so. It's not that's <laughs> totally a city decision. It's really, not to have no. any alcohol. You have to have some some rules about that. Yes. So uh, jukebox Luke I tried to say that right. Uh, we'll uh, kick it off on Tuesday uh, um, of this this week uh, of of Spark Fishers, and then you you come back the next night on Wednesday with the five k run and walk as a kids dash. Tell us what that's all about this year.
1: Yeah, so this year um, we are ending our 5K with an after party, which is the first time we've done that. Um, We'll have some inflatables. We'll have music. We'll have interactive games. Our Kids Dash will kick us off at 6.30 p.m., and then our 5K starts at 7 p.m., um, we are using the route that we used last year, which incorporates the Nickel Plate Trail, which is pretty cool. Um, and then right through downtown Nickel Plate as well. Um, not a lot of road disruptions, which is always nice. Uh, homeowners are happy about that uh, in the surrounding areas. Um, but, yeah, we've we partnered with uh, Mashcraft Brewing, and they're going to offer uh, free beverage at the end of the uh, event. And then we'll have our after party.
0: Think people will be ready to party after they've done the 5K run. Yes, I mean, you're I gonna agree. F- Probably feel like uh, eating, drinking something at that point. So,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, how many years now have you had the 5K as part of Spark? I was trying to remember. Maybe I'm, I'm sorry. I hit you hit uh, you with that without thinking.
1: I or, I think it's four years. I'm not totally sure. It's, cl- if it, it's close to that. It's close know? to that, right? Yeah. yeah. So
0: I was just curious. Yeah. So that's uh, a chance to get out and and run, walk, and and the kids have something they can do as well. Yeah. That's Wednesday night of. Spark Fisher's week. Then we get to Thursday. This is one of my favorite Me things too. to go. You like it too? I love it. It's a car and art show. The uh there'll be lots of uh Fisher's Arts Council uh, uh artists there, local artists, artisans, but uh it's the cars there'll be some modern cars but the vintage cars are the ones i really enjoy
1: yeah it's such a fun event and you know the first year that we launched so it was three years ago that we uh did our first car and art show and about an hour in we had some nasty weather and so i had to shut it down a little early last year um perfect weather great attendance um such a fun collaboration between you know the artists and and the cars there And we have a little bit smaller footprint because of our new beautiful city hall that is going up. Um, But for this whole week of events, we've had to kind of rethink and relook at our footprint. And so it's shrunken a little bit, all still on that central green uh, front area. but everything right there, we have over 30 um, artists that will be on site. We have over uh, 50 cars, like you said, ranging from. Gosh, I wish I remember the the year of the oldest one, but oh. I do want to say it is in the 30s. Um,
0: I thought there there was one in the 20s. Yeah, that, you yeah, might. Th- be I might right. have found one, but uh, most yeah. were from the 30s. Yeah.
1: Yes, yeah, um, and then to modern vehicles as well. We'll do. We'll be doing some on-site registration if we still have a couple spots, but we're getting close to being full at this point.
0: Okay, so I, for picture taking, it is perfect if you want to get some pictures of some, some basically uh, vintage cars. Cars that uh, uh, you don't see on the road very often, but right. they're still around, and there are people who love to to keep them in good shape. And there are are people who do that, and they all try to come. So that is on Thursday night, June 22nd, the car and art show, the artists and the uh, vintage and modern cars. And that's right along the green, which is between 116th Street and where uh, New City Hall is under construction.
1: That's right, yep. One of my favorite things about this event just kind of happened naturally last year. And when we started, when the event was over, the cars started pulling out and exiting on 116th street and my family and I just happened to be at parks place pub on the corner and we were eating at the end of the event and then, all of these people kind of ran over and watched this parade of vehicles turn out onto 116th.
0: It was so cool. Okay, now you're encouraging people to get out there and see it. <laughs> so, well, it, so it was, agree, so
1: we're going to kind of, we're going to lean into that. Okay, and we're going to say, good. come watch, you know, this parade of vehicles um, leave. And uh, it was just, it was so cool. All ages too. What I really love about that event is it it engages, you know, the kids all the way up to our, our senior community and everybody's excited about it.
0: Well, yes, I can just imagine. Imagine that parade coming down 116th Street. People come out of their apartments and their homes yeah. and just take a look at that. So that is yeah. that goes until 9 p.m. So yep. sometime after nine, that's when they're all going to yep. have this makeshift parade. It wasn't yep. even It was planned. It just happened yeah. that way. Yeah. yeah. Well, the second concert that you'll have during the the festival will be Friday night. the um, The band is burning red and it's a taylor swift tribute my daughter just went to see taylor in chicago a little while back she was
1: one of the lucky ones to get i don't tickets. know how,
0: she it wasn't easy yeah. trust me she went with a bunch of her friends i don't know how they got the tickets yeah but uh, it wasn't soldier field i think is that is where they had the concert that's how big a place you have to have yeah. for a concert that big so uh, taylor swift uh, that concert is getting a lot of attention uh, media wise and uh, now we have the uh, tribute concert band coming on friday night
1: yeah we uh we were challenged with good challenge to have but we were challenged with finding um an artist that would kind of beat the bruno mars tribute that we had in past years that was a spectacular show a fan favorite and we were trying to find somebody that could kind of outdo that attendance and um and that concert kind of Feel. And Taylor Swift is is a pop icon, and obviously very very popular right now. And if you can't get tickets to Taylor's concert, then you can come join the Taylor Swift tribute on Friday.
0: That's right. So that's uh, the Friday night concert. Same rules apply. We talked about for the Tuesday concert there. And I think uh, when you get to Saturday, that's when all that's when it really begins to happen for the the, uh, Spark Fishers Festival because uh, you've got a whole list of things that are going to happen at what is generally called the street fair. The street fair is right, again, same not the green, but the whole area around uh, where City Hall, the new one, is under construction. And... um, you can just maybe pick up some highlights of uh, what people uh, can expect to see at this street fair.
1: Sure. So uh, we have a variety of different vendors that will be there, from food vendors, artisans, local businesses. Um, like I said, we we shifted kind of our footprint, and so it is moving a little bit north. We are not incorporating the Central Green. Everything will be north of City Hall. Um all of our vendors will be up there. We have a fabulous kids' zone planned with inflatables and caricature artists. We have a puppet show running on the half hour in the pavilion building. We um, have been really impressed with our teen zone and how that's grown over the last couple years. I do remember in... 2019 trying to launch a teen zone and uh was not wildly popular and um we shifted a few things we partnered with 317 dance academy um and they do some of their battles out there so break dancing hip-hop battles and that has drawn a really really big crowd um So we have our teen zone with uh, our skate park, our mobile skate park, uh, our dance battles in partnership with 317, and then activities up in the teen zone area as well. and music on the on the amp stage.
0: I have seen the three one seven dance group. It is something to see. They're they are,
1: fantastic. They're
0: they're they're very good at what they do, let's yes. put it that way. Yes. Yeah. one uh, like you said, there's going to be live performances on the amphitheater stage, but you've got another stage too. What's what's going on there?
1: So we're doing uh, more solo acoustics on our on our community stage. It's similar to what we've done in the past, uh, not to battle with the the amp stage, which will have um, larger acts, and then community groups. So we have a couple dance groups that will be performing up on stage as well.
0: And uh, you, you talk about the kids zone, but uh, when my my daughter's almost 30 now, but there was a time when they would love the bounce houses. Mm-hmm. And that for a certain uh, age group, that will draw them any time. It
1: definitely will. So we have a lot of bounce houses and inflatables of, of all sorts. So we have... Um, we have those gigantic inflatable slides. We have slip and slides. So there's a wet area and a dry area. So if your kiddos don't want to get wet or you don't want them to get wet um, or soapy with our with our foam pit, um, you can then just steer them to the dry areas of inflatables and obstacle courses and interactive games.
0: So tell me more about the, in the teen zone, you're going to have racing simulators. Mm-hmm. Explain what that will consist of. So
1: it's like a VR uh, headset race uh I think that it is not only tailored to uh, to that age group; anyone can really participate. But we have found that that is that in video games is a huge draw for that age group. Um, So that VR simulation will be pretty cool. It'll be the first time that we've done that.
0: Yeah, I've done the you know the 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 arcade games. I've never done anything like that. So that's going to be that's more of an immersive experience. Yeah when you're driving a race car like that. Yeah. Um, you have something called the Hero Hut that you're you're planning to do. It's going to be a tent geared toward a military active duty and veterans. What can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, so active and, and retired military um, will have free access to that. Uh, there will be refreshments throughout the day, and it's just kind of a, a respite place for them to take a break and really honor that group.
0: I want to... Talk about the parade, because uh, I looked at the uh, new parade route. The new parade route is is very different from the past parade routes. It uh, is. Talk about that.
1: Yeah. Well, we wanted to switch it up for a variety of different reasons. There's, you know, some of it is construction, but really just kind of, you know, look at all of our events every year and say, what can we do that's new, and how do we add to the experience? And... Um, for a variety of different reasons, we thought taking the parade straight down 116th Street, which is really kind of the heart of Fishers, down to um, you know Allisonville Road, which is where Fishers, you know, that route is really where Fishers started. That is the heart of, of um, the Fishers community, and so the the parade will come down Lantern uh, Road, which that part is not totally new, but go all the way straight down. Um, one hundred sixteenth. We're pretty excited to see um, how the community shows up for that.
0: So you'll not be going to Holland Park as you had in the past and yeah. Holland Drive. You're going straight down one hundred sixteenth Street, yep. and uh, the parade will uh, will break up at not at the same place it starts. It will break up on the other side of the of the of the route, which is. I hope there'll be no logistical problems with that.
1: I don't think so. Good. We've worked. Um, we've worked with the uh, property owners there um, in uh, the Fisher Station. So where Goodwill is and Noble Romans, um, that's where it will end. And it will be a really. It actually will be much better than our demarshaling area that we had in the past. Um, and we don't anticipate any logistical problems there. I we're um, we're really excited to see this. The parade will actually. Um, come down the eastbound lane because there's more opportunity to um sit on the sidewalk and, okay. and set chairs along that way um so it'll go the eastbound and then west but the entire street will be closed
0: i was going to say that is a change because it was on the other side mm-hmm. last year i do yeah. our last year's parade what i remember most about last year's parade was everybody had their phones out looking at the weather radar? <laughs> there was rain on the way. You remember this I well, do. and we were all considering, "Oh, is there going to be a parade?" Yeah, and I think one major unit left. Yeah, but <laughs> I won't say who <laughs> yeah. because I thought it was, was going to. And and what happened is that I'd never seen this. Is and I, I I've studied radars and when I was in the news a lot and weather radars. And it's just like that rain stopped at Carmel.
1: It did. I know. We <laughs> it put it ne- in a call and we said, hey, we have some boundaries here.
0: <laughs> and somebody respected that boundary yeah. because it was raining in Carmel and it never, it just, yes. almost yeah. never happened.
1: Yeah. But yeah. it
0: did happen. Parade went off and the weather was, was really not bad at all.
1: It was not. And fingers crossed that we get good weather this week too. You know, spreading the event through a number of days you know that you you have you might have some weather issues but fingers crossed that we don't and that we're able to rally i do remember in 2019 started the parade we're all lined up ready to go and i don't know if you remember this but it was a Downpour.
0: Actually, that was the year I missed. Okay. I had to be out of town. Tom Britt told me about it. He yes. was doing the PA, and he yeah. had a tent, and like everybody slammed into his yes. tent because, yeah. and he almost couldn't see anything. It was, yeah. uh, it was, it was so bad because everybody was looking for cover.
1: Yeah, that uh, was the fastest parade that I think we've ever done.
0: The year before, I think it was, uh, it, it was extremely hot.
1: Yeah, uh, I missed the, that one. I wasn't here yet.
0: The heat was really brutal yeah. that year. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you know you. you The weather's never going to be perfect for you. You just deal with it as best you can. You
1: make the best of it.
0: And uh, so, yeah, the big change, I think, is it will not go through Holland Park, 116th Street, Will continue to you just continue on to almost Allisonville Road, which you're right. When I moved here in 1991, if you wanted to go to a restaurant, that's where they
1: were. Right.
0: Downtown yeah. was kind of yeah. you know they just built the old what then was called City Hall, which yeah. has just been, been demolished. But uh, there wasn't much commercial activity in what we now call downtown at that time. Right. But now it's, it's different, obviously. So we, it, people like myself who have lived in Fishers for a long time can identify with Alva and Bill as being a major, it's still a major thoroughfare, sure. but it's, uh, it, we all remember the days when it was the place uh, if you wanted to do, do any kind of commercial activity. Yeah. I want to ask about these wristbands because there are some things going on that will require a wristband. Explain where you will need a wristband and how much they cost.
1: Sure. So um, you can purchase wristbands online, and our, all of the purchases will be online. We won't take any, won't do any transactions on site day of. And you can purchase the wristbands at SparkFishers.com. You will need a wristband for, uh, in the teen zone, the mobile skate park, and then in the kids zone, any inflatable that you're participating in. Everything else is uh, open to the public and free of charge, Um, but any inflatable where your kids are bouncing, um, you will sign a liability waiver when you purchase that, um, which is kind of the intent behind it, that uh, everybody sign a liability waiver for the... For the uh, mobile skate park and for the inflatables, but everything else is is open and free of charge. You can purchase those right up to the day of the event. It's three dollars uh, for residents, four fifty for non-residents, um, and then day of the event um, that price goes up to five dollars for residents and seven fifty uh, for non-residents. Still,
0: all purchases are online. And just to, to emphasize, most of what's there is free. Correct. Just what you mentioned would re- require a VISTA band to, to be able to participate in that. Yep. Uh, I think one thing that has become very important in, in recent years, and really for, for many years, uh, actually, is the accessibility and you have some very special plans for accessibility, some resp- a respite area for people who need that. Explain what will be available in that regard.
1: Yeah, uh, we actually have an accessibility page. You can find that at sparkfishers.com, and there's a whole page dedicated to accessibility. You know, how do I approach this event if I have different needs? And so, one of the you know, first and foremost is parking how do I get there? You know, and how close do i you know can i get and where do i need to park and so we've worked out a really good plan i I feel like it's a pretty solid plan for uh parking so um if you have a uh parking placard or um, handicap plates um then you will be able to enter um right off of north street and municipal drive um and you can either park in our surface lot it's south of it's right between like our new city hall and uh our city services building. So you can park on that surface lot or in the police garage as well. But you will need to show that to gain access um, to that area. So Saturday's festivities, um, actually all of the week's activities, with the exception of the car and art show, that portion will be off limits. so all of the week's activities will be those parking areas. On Thursday for the Car and Art Show, the parking will be in the, um, what we call the dog park parking lot. There's a small little dog park that's just west of City Hall, um, and then there's a parking lot right next to that. So that would be the accessible parking for that one day.
0: Not far from the post office, if that helps. Correct. But uh, do not park in the post office parking lot. Please not They don't allow that, you will be towed away. Yes. Well, maybe, you may be towed away, but you, you, would, yeah. you would certainly not, it was not going to be a good outcome. Yes. That is a federally uh, policed
1: it <laughs> parking It definitely is. Yes, good call out. Thank you for That's that, why, They have big
0: signs about it, but yeah. you know sometimes people uh, don't pay attention.
1: They don't. You don't no. want
0: bad things to happen. No. Uh, what about this respite room? Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so if you need – there's a variety of different um, – Reasons we created this respite room. So we used to have a nursing mother's room and it was kind of just dedicated to nursing moms, which is absolutely a need and we're happy to provide that space. But there are other uh, reasons you would need a respite room. You know, if it's, if it's a room for prayer, which we've been asked in the past, if it is a room that you have sensory challenges and you just need a little break from the, you know, overwhelm of this event, um, In excitement, so that will be in our uh, Fisher's Fire Department. Um, And so, if you need just to get out of out of the craziness of this event um, for a little bit of time, then you can visit our respite room for any of those reasons or any I didn't mention.
0: You talked about parking when you talked about accessibility. Uh, There are some parking tips you need to tell people. There's really kind of one set of parking rules Tuesday through Friday. Let's talk about that first, because Saturday is a whole different. Conversation.
1: Saturday is a whole different conversation, but uh, throughout the week we have great parking options downtown and rarely run into a scenario where we're out of parking. You know, we have street parking, we have uh, our parking garages and throughout the week um, almost all of those will be open and accessible um, for everybody that's, that's joining uh, the events. The library um, has great parking lot options as well as well as all of our street parking and and lots uh that we have um so what i've really loved to i i have seen throughout this uh last the last couple year or last year i should say with nickel plate uh trail being open a lot of people are riding bikes a lot of people Mm -hmm. are walking and so um no need for parking you know when people are are using those we have a, a a bunch of different um, options for bike parking. So, if you choose to not bring a car and you can it, you can hop on the trail, then I would encourage that as well.
0: You're right that uh, that trail is very busy. Yeah, and And yeah. uh, and I think uh, it's it's gone over well. Saturday parking, that's going to be a little more challenging yes. because you have all that space with the uh, with the street fair, mm-hmm. and of course you're going to have to have some some. Uh, road closures for the parade obviously but uh, what you do have uh, which i used last year and, and found it very easy to use is a shuttle bus from the naviant parking lot which is a huge parking lot okay. and uh, you just take a free shuttle from there and and it takes you right to, right down to that area
1: yep yeah so uh We're really lucky that we have that space to use uh, at Navient, and it's right off of USA Parkway. You can see it kind of off 69 there, Um, and we'll we'll have uh, a number of shuttles running throughout the day. I do want to note that there will be a break in shuttle service um, during the parade, so from 5.30 till about 7 o'clock or when we get the all clear. Um, there will be no shuttle service. So if you're coming at that time, I, I would suggest planning ahead and getting there a little bit earlier than 5.30 so you're able to partake and get into the heart of the festival. Um, otherwise, find alternative transportation. Um, but you're right. The, the footprint um, kind of encompasses that that Nickel Plate um, district area with all of our vendors and activities. So there's no parking in that immediate space unless... Um, you do have a parking permit or and that's and that's really just our vendors um or you need accessible parking in those areas mentioned
0: well and then the edge parking garage will be open it's a couple of blocks away from the all the street fair activity there'll yeah. be a few others yeah yeah but it may be hard to find a spot so it's always a, a good option for you it's a great option so i think we've talked about just about everything i had on my list uh, anything i missed that uh, you want to talk about as far as spark fishers goes
1: i think we covered most of it larry okay. we're yeah. really we're really excited i'm excited to see the community's reaction to our aerial uh, drone show with a little bit of tradition thrown in there with the fireworks and um and the shifting kind of of our footprint and how that uh, how everybody responds to that i think that we've had some unique challenges but like great and exciting challenges to have and um, i'm really proud of my team for rallying around those changes and making the best outcome
0: well since i have you here i have to ask you about uh, geist waterfront park you've opened that it's been open for uh, just a few weeks now yeah um what's the response been so far from the public
1: it has been overwhelmingly positive um and this weekend was probably our busiest yet, so it just kind of continues to grow, um, and we're really excited. Our our aquatics manager is really excited about um, creating different events for people to engage in, so it's not just you know the beach experience, um, but really overwhelmingly positive, and it's been so refreshing. Um, with that property there's so much work that went into it and you know um a lot of media attention and the the resident response has been really really positive
0: have many people paid the fifty dollars from out of town or did we know yet
1: um i don't i think that there have been a few i Mm -hmm. don't think it has has ever maxed out um we have had a lot of non-residents that have accessed the park um by foot or bike or 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 drop off Mm -hmm. um and that's been really cool to see that, you know, they are still able to engage in and use the park uh, in the same way.
0: And you're planning a brand another new park, White River Park. We are. Excuse me. <clears throat> the construction has just started in recent months on, on that mm-hmm. whole uh, development, which mm-hmm. will be partially commercial, residential, and will have a, a park also. Do you... Do you know what all's going to be in that park yet? Are you still working on the amenities there?
1: We're still working. We've done a lot of community outreach. We just had an open house uh, a couple nights ago uh, this week to get some community input on what amenities they'd like to see. Um, we did a community bike ride in conjunction with our um, our Trails and Greenways survey as well, which is, is open and active right now. But we're trying to get... Um, you know, feedback from the community and see what they would like to see and then see what we're able to do in our phase one.
0: And, of course, all the other parks are open for business this summer. I'm sure they've had their share of activity as well as just being busy.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it is so cool. I live right by Holland Park, and it's just so cool. I drive by there almost every single day, and just to see the activity that goes on um, at our parks that have been here, you know, that that is our oldest park, right? New well, playground. That's <laughs>
0: well. I was going to say that's where I took my daughters. They're, yeah. again, they're almost thirty. When they were very young, I would I was living in Sunblest yeah, and would take take them, walk them, or take them over to that park. I would wish I had the, uh, the playground they have today, yeah. but the one they had then was okay for that time. Sure, but yeah. uh, it's much better now than it was before. So yeah, it is the oldest park. It I is. was told that when that subdivision was originally planned that the developer expected an elementary school to be in that area really and that just didn't happen for a lot of reasons so that's when the town at the time decided to make it a park and it's been a park ever since
1: oh that's great history i didn't know that
0: that just i've been around long enough to hear these stories yeah. <laughs> so i hope they're true yes <laughs> okay yeah. well we're, we're about done here anything you want to add before we wrap this up
1: no it's a pleasure uh, as always
0: Well, good to see you again. We've been talking with Marissa Deckert. She is the director of the Park and Recreation Department in the City of Fishers. Thanks once again. Thank you.